0: Right, we're back at it with another episode. Welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy, your one-stop shop for all things fitness, health, wellness, and everything in between. Today, I'm really excited because I get to redo an entire episode that I already filmed. Yeah, fun fact. I... Actually filmed the entire episode that I was going to drop this week. I exported it into my computer. I started um, Editing it and then I just said absolutely not. I cannot drop this not happening Mainly because I got so annoyed with myself Basically what had happened was I chose the topic of myth busting which on the surface is a really great topic and I actually covered a lot of ground but I get really intense when I get passionate about a topic and people who know me probably know that about me. And the thing is, to a certain extent, intensity isn't bad. I actually really enjoy it. I enjoy having intense confrontational kind of like controversial conversations with people. Um, But (laughs) when it comes to a whole ton of health myths that make me very aggravated and mad, I just became the most intense version of myself. And I I couldn't take it. I I was looking at the screen. I recorded or sorry, I edited for like an hour. I became so sick of myself. And then I was like, "I I can't watch anymore. I can't listen to myself. And then basically after that, I had about a two hour time span where I didn't feel like talking because I annoyed myself so much. And I was like, if I am annoying myself, then God only knows what other people are going to think when they listen to this. So I can't put other people through this. So maybe one day I will try to redo that myth debunking episode again when I can keep my cool a little bit more. Um, But for for right now, I, I kind of just want to keep things calm, cool, and collected. That's kind of the vibe that I'm going with this podcast. So I'm back at it. I got my taco slippers on. I got my coffee because it's a rainy day in California. And when there's rain around, that means more caffeine is going down. Today, I am going to talk through my health journey as a whole. Uh, I hope that this is going to help and inspire other young girls who are struggling with their relationship with food, who have gone through eating disorders, because I have taken myself out of one as well, who have gone through binge eating, who have struggled with body dysmorphia and other issues kind of along the same lines. In addition to hormonal acne and stuff like that, I'm going to go through pretty much everything that I've been through since a very young age because I've been through the ringer when it comes to my health and hopefully editing Emily won't be looking back at this footage and saying, you're annoying. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) So let's go back kind of to the beginning of the journey when I didn't even realize the journey was beginning. (laughs) You know, when people say you have habits that are shaping your life, whether you realize it or not. Actually, I have no idea if that's a saying, but if it isn't one, I'm making it one. Every single thing that you do habitually, every single day is shaping the who you are becoming. Um, And whether that be a good habit or a bad habit, that's what's doing. And this kind of goes for every season of life as well. The things that I did back then and the things that I learned and the people that I surrounded myself with, that's kind of who shaped me now. And it's kind of interesting to look at it in that perspective, in that light. When I was younger, I had a few friends that I could think of right now that really shaped the way that I thought about myself. I had one p- friend in particular that I can think of who was constantly on a diet, constantly kind of putting herself down when she looked in the mirror, calling herself fat, calling other people fat, putting other people down about the way that they looked, Um, and then whenever I gained weight or lost weight, she would always comment. And it really, really harmed me in ways that I didn't realize. And I think that that was the beginning of my obsession, in a sense, of how I looked. There's nothing wrong with being on top of your appearance and Um, trying to make yourself look the best. Honestly, I think that that's a really good thing and I think that a lot of people... (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to be mean. I didn't mean it like the way that it was about to sound. But generally speaking, it's really important to care for your appearances. But only to a certain extent. When it becomes an obsession, that's when it becomes the issue. That's kind of the way that everything is, you know, especially with food or exercise or anything like that. When it becomes the obsession, that's when it becomes an issue. I even remember this one, this one friend that I'm talking about. One day I was making my very innocent cinnamon swirl bread with butter. I, re- I remember everything. I remember what I was wearing. I remember all of it. And she was like, don't take this the wrong way, but how can you eat so much and not be fat? And I was like, I eat a lot? I, th- I, I had no idea. This was kind of just news to me. I was like, I don't even pay attention to what I eat. And that is when... I started to pay attention and um, I wish, you know, in retrospect that I had kind of just a few more normal years of not really caring or not really thinking about what I was eating because I was so young. I swear to you, I was probably between the ages of 10 and 12 at this point. So now fast forward a few years, I was very intuitive with my nutrition, but I was that kind of, you know, frame of mind that that friend had kind of instilled in me kind of messed me up and I didn't really realize it. Um, And so at this point, This is when I started doing all of these crazy diets just because I wanted to challenge myself There's this one point where I went vegan for about six months Um at a very young age I think I was 12 or 13 And I did a few other diets as well and then it kind of just started to stack and before I knew it I was a control freak with what I did how much I moved how much I ate And it it turned into this thing where I needed to hide all of it now because now I was getting to a point where I was a very low body fat percentage. And if you have struggled with an eating disorder in the past, um, and this kind of is a little bit triggering for you, skip this part of the video. And of course I won't get into like insane detail, but um, it turned into an obsession. I got to a point where I was a very low body fat percentage. Sometimes I look back at pictures and I'll be like, okay, I didn't look that unhealthy there, but I know what I was doing. And I remember how I felt in that moment. And that's the scarier part to me. So. I as an outsider looking in, looking at some of these pictures, you might be like, oh, she's just a normal girl. But in my brain at that time, the only thing that I was thinking about is food and how much I'm eating or how much she's eating next to me, comparing myself to her, comparing my 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 thigh size to her, comparing everything. And then I got to a point where it got to get a little bit scary, where I was going to the doctors, it was middle of August, all I was wearing was jeans, sweatshirts, all this stuff, because I was cold, but also because I wanted to show the doctors that I was a little bit heavier than I actually was, even though it barely made a difference. And even with all of these layers on, I was still unhealthily low of a weight. I was so close to probably having to be admitted to a hospital. Um, And instead of going to therapy, I got a dog. No, I'm actually not. I'm actually not joking, though. We got a dog and um, she helped me become a little bit healthier because now it was okay, I have to stay alive for this living thing. I have to nurture this thing, so I have to be healthy too. So it was almost like having a child in my own way at that time. And then slowly but surely, all of the super negative habits that were so affecting me started to go away. For instance, when I was at the dinner table, I slowly but surely actually ate my food and stopped when I was full instead of separating the food to look like I ate more. I stopped hiding food in my pockets when somebody thought that I was going to eat them And then later I just threw them out, you know. The whole point was I was trying so hard to act and look normal and to appear normal to other people. But in reality, my mind was so messed up. I lost my period, of course, because that's what happens when you get to an unhealthily um, lean state as a woman. And this was really bad because this was pretty much after I had initially gotten my period. So got my period woohoo, entering womanhood, (laughs) bye-bye. You're too lean. You can't get a period anymore. Lost it for years and years. Coming out of the eating disorder, that is when I was like, okay, I really wanted to put on healthy amounts of muscle um, and slowly up my weight, but I didn't necessarily know how to do so. So it kind of just, it didn't really work out the way that I wanted it to because now here enters binge eating into the chat. When you're in this state of being unhealthy physically, mentally, and emotionally, which is what an eating disorder does to you, it's so hard to be able to reach out for help because the whole point of an eating disorder is, I can control this. Um, I can control how much I eat. It's a game that I'm playing every single day. How little can I eat every single day? If Can I eat less than I did the day before? So it's all a controlling game with your own mind and the hardest thing about it is reaching out for somebody to help you because all you want to do is fix it yourself and that's where I was at and in retrospect maybe it would have been better for me to reach out to somebody so they could actually help me put on the weight healthfully rather than entering this this alleyway of binge eating and then you know yo-yo dieting for years on end my weight going up and down and up and down and fluctuating like crazy again this was all part of the journey so I wouldn't have it any other way otherwise I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have today um but if I sat down with a girl who was dealing with what I was dealing with I would say you gotta reach out to somebody even if it feels absolutely terrible having an outside perspective even if somebody doesn't fully even understand what you're going through is still going to be fresher than what you're going through because you're in this unhealthy state of mind, even if you don't realize it right now. So coming out of the eating disorder, it was, you know, eating all these foods that I hadn't eaten for years. And it was like, it felt so good. My taste buds were having a little happy dance inside my mouth. But um, that's when binge eating entered the chat. That's when weight fluctuations entered the chat. And now we're kind of going into high school. So in high school, that was what I dealt with pretty much the entire time. Um, Binge eating, yo-yo dieting, doing diet after diet after diet. I've done every single diet underneath the sun, let me tell you. I've done military diet, keto, paleo, gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for years on end, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, dairy-free, soy-free, Whole30. I think I've done Atkins at one point. I've been vegan. I was vegetarian for a couple years, um, more so in middle school. Refined sugar-free, like quite literally everything that I can think of, every diet that you you can think of. I've probably done and so that's kind of the special thing in a way now because I'm like I can attest to the fact that those are not sustainable and those do not work they could work for a small period of time you could drop 20 pounds but what's going to happen after you implement the foods that you've been restricting for such a long period of time your body's going to freak out and it's going to go right back to the place where it was but who wants sustainable when when you can have fast and that was the thing back in high school, I was thinking about my, po- my past middle school, you know, very lean, unhealthily lean self. And I was like, I almost at times wanted to get back to that. And It was a very unhealthy state of mind where I was kind of thinking of habits and things and ways of thinking that I had when I was in that, you know, anorexic state and I wanted, I had such a temptation to go back and then I would stop myself and then I would just choose other unhealthy habits. So it was just like unhealthy, unhealthy, unhealthy. When I was, I think this was around the time of either recovering or before everything happened, I had some insane gut issues. And it was probably actually after, now that I'm thinking about it. But um, I had some insane gut issues, just a lot of discomfort after I ate. And so I was trying to figure out what caused it. And basically what I did was, I guess it was an elimination diet of sorts. I pretty much cut out everything and then slowly implemented one thing after the next. And basically what I found was when I implemented gluten again, that's when all of the disastrous gut issues came back so I was like okay I probably have an intolerance to gluten I'm just gonna cut that out and I pretty much just cut it out never even got tested for it never went to a um, gastroenterologist or anything like that so I don't know if I have celiac but I basically have been gluten-free for eight years I think Maybe more, actually more than that. Probably more like 11 years, actually. I don't know if I have celiac, but the last time that I had gluten and I actually ingested it, I was vomiting. I had a big fat rash. The whites in my eyes have turned red in the past. The last time I had, I think it was really just bad heartburn, but it was so bad to the point where my breathing was not doing the thing that it was was supposed to. I was not breathing correctly, so I was scared that it was kind of turning anaphylactic, but this just goes to show you the reason why I had this gluten issue in the first place. Honestly, if I just never went through any of these bad yo-yo dieting roads, then I wouldn't have that issue. I probably would be fine right now, but it's the fact that I had to mess with my gut and mess with all of this, um, you know, foods that I can slash can't eat, eat them for a long period of time, don't eat them for a long period of time, like all of these back and forth. That's what really messed me up, and that is one of the reasons why I say to these girls, if you cut an entire food group out or an entire macronutrient out, this is what's going to happen to you. And you're not going to like the result at all whatsoever. So basically what happened was after, you know, a year or two of finally feeling like I was a little bit more stable, I was still kind of not necessarily eating at the right proportions at the right times. Um... I would say that I would have a massive meal and then I would not be hungry for an entire day or two and then have another massive meal and then kind of be in this wave of I'm overeating for a couple of days and then undereating for a few days more and then kind of going back and forth. And this was kind of throughout college that this happened. But nonetheless, I was at a healthy body weight so I couldn't really, I didn't really care that much. I got to this point where I was working a job and at this job, it wasn't necessarily the best environment for me to be in. At this job, I worked pretty long hours for you know what it was and I didn't really get any official breaks I kind of just worked through everything and I didn't really actually eat throughout the entire shift that I had which I worked some like pretty long shifts considering what kind of job it was And basically what had happened was I would not eat throughout the entire day. And then, of course, when I got home at night, I was starving. I would eat everything in sight or I would eat nothing at all. And then I would be starving the next day. And then at some point, there was a really big meal that had to be had. This resulted in a 45 pound weight gain, at least, in a very short period of time. And I just had enough I could not deal with these fluctuations because for years on end at this point, I was having the same 20 pounds on, 20 pounds off, back and forth. And then I gained these 45 pounds and I looked in the mirror and I could not even recognize myself. It was hard to move around. It was hard for me to even have a conversation with people because I could not look them in the eye. When I looked them in the eye, all I thought was they're looking at a version of me that isn't actually me. And I thought in my brain, that is all what this person is thinking about. When in reality, that's not it. And that was just a way of me kind of like making my own spin on the story. When in reality, I was so concerned about what they were thinking. I actually was more so concerned about what I thought about myself. And the bottom line was I was not happy with myself. But the thing is, I had too much of an ego <laughs> to, to be able to get beside myself and just say, okay, you need to reach out for help. I remember I had a conversation with my now husband and Johnny had said, why don't you just get a trainer? And I was like, absolutely not. Why would I do that? I thought that I had to be able to control it myself. I was like, I feel like such a loser reaching out to somebody because that means that I can't do it myself. I felt like an idiot. And he was like, why would you feel like the fittest people on earth have trainers? And I was like, okay, when you say it like that, it makes a little bit more sense. So I had found an online coach who seemed like she knew her stuff. She was pretty and she had long hair and she was fit. So I was like, let's go. And so I hired her and this is when an entire door of possibilities opened for me. I spent six to 12 months working on myself Completely just clocked in, tunnel vision, not really thinking about anything else. This is what I was 100% prioritizing. I had lost that 45, 50 pounds or whatever it was. I had gained so much knowledge when it comes to what I'm putting into my body, how it makes me feel, and this is where it changed for me. This was the first time in my life where I actually had three, four meals a day, ate the foods that I loved every single day never in my life did i actually have lunch every single day of my it sounds insane but in high school what i would do is i would have literal frozen mangoes in a bowl in the morning. And then I would go to school. I, a lot of the times did not bring lunch. If I did, it was something so low calorie. I drank black coffee pretty much on an empty stomach. Then I would go to work right after school. I wouldn't eat anything there. And if I did, it was probably an apple. Then right after, after work at 6 PM, I would go go babysitting. I would babysit until 10 PM, come home, do homework and eat something small maybe and then go to bed and then on the weekends i would eat 15,000 pizzas and then i would be set for the entire week and that's what i ran on how how ridiculously messed up is that for me to think that that is okay and that is going to not do my body harm what is wrong with me and so for the first time in my life The time where I was actually becoming the healthiest version of myself was the time where I realized that lunch isn't bad. Eating a normal dinner every single night, not bad, let alone dinners that actually taste good and I actually enjoy. Who would have thought? Intermittent fasting, I don't have to do it anymore. How crazy. Which was another thing I remember when I was in the most unhealthy state. When I was um, anorexic, I would get very mad. When I had to eat past my eating window, I would eat this big bowl of fruit. I hope I don't trigger anybody right now, but I would literally eat a massive bowl of fruit, probably the size of a large pug, (laughs) you know, curled up into a small little ball. And that would be my dinner. And I had to eat it before 7 p.m. That was the rule. If I ate past 7 p.m., it was game over for me. Something terrible was going to happen to me. I don't know what, but... I was going to apparently gain 20 pounds overnight if I ate past 7 p.m., which makes all the sense in the world, apparently. And then when I finally started to do my research on what intermittent fasting actually is, I'm realizing, okay, if you want to intermittent fast, it can actually be extremely harmful, especially for a woman. But intermittent fasting just can help you stay within your calorie deficit more. It doesn't actually do anything to the way that you lose weight or how rapidly you do. But for a lot of women, intermittent fasting just does not work well with their lifestyle in general and it isn't good for them because if it's too extreme, then terrible things can happen, let me tell you. So now we're at the point where I have lost the weight, I have done it sustainably, I'm feeling really, really great about myself. What happens now? This is kind of where things slightly go south a little bit again. So instead of reverse dieting, which if you don't know what reverse dieting is, this is something that you absolutely should have knowledge on, especially if you are on a weight loss journey or if you have been on one in the past or you're going to be on one. So reverse dieting is basically the process in which you slowly increase calories over time. And um, usually you will do a reverse diet after you've done a pretty substantial weight loss. And what had happened With me, instead of reverse dieting, I kind of just went right back into intuitively eating. Um, But what happened was intuitively eating, I might have to actually explain this a little bit better. So if you are in a pretty significant calorie deficit, if you go right back to the amount of food that you were eating prior to being in your weight loss journey, prior to losing weight in general, the logical thing that's going to happen is you are going to go back to that weight. You're going to spike up in weight. So now if you reverse diet, slowly increase calories over time, what's going to happen is your metabolism is going to slowly adapt. It's called metabolic adaptation. So metabolic adaptation is exactly what it sounds like. Your metabolism is going to adapt to the things that you were eating time after time. But the thing is, now that you're a smaller unit, you're a smaller person after the weight loss, you burn less. Smaller units, smaller people burn less, bigger people burn more. So basically what had happened to me was instead of reverse dieting and doing the thing that I should have done with my coach, I ended my coaching with her. And I said, I'm just going to do things on my own now. I think I can handle the reverse by myself. Spoiler alert, if you're trying to do a reverse by yourself, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be 10 times more difficult than the weight loss journey in and of itself. And so what had happened was I did and I did increase in weight a little bit. And honestly, it wasn't terrible wasn't anything crazy um it was only a few pounds and honestly I had gained such a strong muscle foundation anyways that I didn't really look too much different but I I did feel a difference so then what happened I, I just kind of floated and I kind of just like learned how to intuitively eat kind of just you know enjoyed my life for a little while and that wasn't bad so during this time it was a great time to be alive I got engaged it was so fun and then March of some year, I think it was 2022, came along and I had been bombarded with the worst case of hormonal acne. Not the worst case. I really don't want to sound dramatic, but I had never struggled with acne in my entire life through high school. It was never an issue. And I mean, and I'm talking true hormonal acne where, you know, you're getting tons of blind pimples, reaching underneath the surface, so they're not extractable at all whatsoever. I had the same spots just stay with me for months and months on end, and this was right around the time where my wedding, all my wedding events were coming up, and I was like, why in the world does this have to happen now? Why? So I kind of just said, okay, I'm just going to ride it out a little bit. I'm going to see if it just naturally goes away. It should, But the thing is, I was stressing about it so much because I never dealt with acne ever before in my life. I had the hormonal acne all through my wedding. It wasn't terrible at my wedding, which I'm grateful for, but it got worse after it. I have so many pictures that I took because I was like, I'm going to have clear skin again. I have to take these progress pictures of my skin. Not only was the hormonal acne present, but also there was so much inflammation that was being built up in my skin. And then also I had a lot of water retention going on when I started the treatment for the hormonal acne. So what had happened was I went to the dermatologist and um, she put me on, it was either spironolactone or doxycycline. Last episode, I said spironolactone, but I feel like it was actually doxycycline. And I actually, I can't remember. If you know me, you know I hate antibiotics. I absolutely despise them. Anything that touches my gut in a negative way, I'm like, get away from me. But in this case, I was like, fine, I'm gonna do whatever I can. I was desperate, okay, you guys. I was absolutely desperate to get this acne gone. So I went on the antibiotic and then I also went on tretinoin and then I also did birth control, which I have been against doing birth control for such a long time. I went on the birth control for the hormonal acne. I was like, let's see if it does anything worse comes to worse. I hop off of it, right? And after a few months, actually it all went away. I don't know if it was from any of those specifically or all of them together. It definitely took months and I definitely had a crazy tretinoin purge. Which if you know, you know, your face really does, you know, start to flake and it's disgusting. Putting makeup on after over, oh, it's it's, it's actually nasty. But after a few months of trial and error, I finally got to a point where it started to clear up and I was like, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, thank God. The antibiotics only lasted for, I think, three or four weeks. Birth control, I only went on for about six months, and then I just accidentally forgot to refill it, and then I just didn't refill it again because I was like, I actually hate taking this. I don't like the routine of taking a tiny, tiny pill that's having so much power over my entire body. That freaks me out. And I actually always said I'm never going to take birth control even prior to taking it, getting married, all of that just sp- specifically because I did not like the pill, but when it came to the hormonal acne, I was desperate. <laughs> so I got off of the pill and I thought that it was going to come back because people that you know are specialists in this, they say, if you've on the pill for the hormonal acne, it's gonna come back. And I've been off of it since October. Nothing has come back yet. And I think this is mainly because of the routine that I have set in my skin and the skin barrier that I have created on top of that. In the last episode, I talked a little bit about the skincare routine that I do. K-beauty skincare has saved my life. And I think this is mainly because, especially with the tretinoin, I have created such a strong skin barrier. It does not feel weak anymore. It is not sensitive anymore. It also... I think that there's truth to this next statement as well. When you stress less about your acne, it goes away faster. And I don't know if that's actually a thing, but cortisol has a lot of power over your body. And when you're stressing, there are things that are going on in your body that you have no idea about. When I went on lactane, And the birth control, I kind of started doing both at the same time and I was so stressed. The water retention, probably mainly because of the antibiotics, but the water retention that I had dealt with was absolutely terrible and that it made it so difficult to deal with that time in my life because not only was my skin messed up, but now my body was feeling messed up and I was like... I've hit rock bottom. But when it comes to balancing your hormones and diet, a lot of people actually do overthink this. Actually, this is something that I did talk about in the myth-busting episode that I ultimately deleted. But when I was going through all of his hormonal acne and whatnot, I was trying to figure out, okay, how in the world... Can I figure out what I need to balance in my hormones? Because I was also experiencing some other random symptoms that, you know, I I didn't really have a cause for. I didn't really know why they were showing up. And when it comes to the secret to balancing your hormones, this is the number one thing you need to remember. What will work for the girl next to you probably won't work for you. Let's say you hop on TikTok and you see a girl who's talking about how she balanced her hormones. She had all these symptoms that were so similar to yours. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally going to listen to her. She's glowing. She's beautiful. You're like, this is the kind of girl that I need to listen to. She's talking through all the supplements that she takes, all the things that she did to get to the place where she is. What the issue could be with this is... If you go and get tested, you do your own blood work, you could literally be high in the thing that she was low in or vice versa. And then you start doing the same like supplement routine or whatever it might be that she was doing. And now it's actually harming you more. The tips that you see online in regards to balancing your hormones are actually harming you more. So the number one thing that I wanted to make sure when I was trying, I was in this journey of balancing everything out was I was just simply having the most balanced diet that I could possibly have. Enough fiber, enough protein, and enough healthy fats. Healthy fats are so incredibly important for women's hormone function and functionality in general. And those are the three pillars when it comes to basic hormone function. Just having a very balanced diet. Eating enough for your body, but not too much. So figuring out that healthy in-between. What you see on TikTok, you know, the what I eat in a day video, amount that that girl is eating... First of all, might not be accurate because you don't even see like everything that she eats on the plate. She could be leaving some, you know, aside what she eats and things that she's eating for her basic everyday functionality is not the same as what it's going to be for you. And so that's something that I also had to realize because social media is a place of just a lot of comparison, let alone comparison when it comes to our health journeys because we're all on this road together with a common denominator of a goal that is to become the healthiest, most balanced version of ourselves. We all want a healthy gut. We all want healthy, happy hormones. We all want to be the fittest, best versions of ourselves with tons of energy. And when it comes to what is actually harming us in our endeavors, is the thing that we consume the most, which is what other people do to get there. And I think it's really important to go through your own trial and error and figure it out for yourself. So now I'm at this place right now where I feel truly just so healthy and happy. I'm not obviously saying that I'm at my peak, I'm at my best. I feel like every single day I'm constantly kind of in a, a race with myself to become better than I who I was yesterday. And I think that's the most important thing. The only person that you could compare yourself to is really yourself. But I think we have to be careful with that too, or at least I do, because when I compare myself to who I was 2 years ago, I have to remember that I had my trials then as well. I had some things that, you know, I wasn't even happy with at that time. But the thing is I don't remember that because all I remember in my brain now is how I looked then or how much I could squat then, or, you know, whatever it might be. And I think truly the healthiest thing that we could do for ourselves is control what we can control. That's kind of what I say to my clients all the time. Control what you can control. You know, hit your protein goal. If you didn't do it yesterday, just get up and do it today. Just figure out what you can do today to make yesterday's you proud. For me, a lot of the goals that I have right now, which also, if you have any goals for yourself this year that you are sticking to, I would love to hear them, but I guess I'll share some of mine as well because it'll also keep me accountable. This year, I set out for myself to become the fittest, strongest version of myself. I also want to do a really great reverse diet this year so I can boost my maintenance calories as high as possible and get my metabolism to where I really want it to be before having a family. And that is really what I'm getting at because I know what my five-year plan is in my head. I don't have an actual five-year plan. Life is unpredictable and I'm open to any new challenges and new goals that you know, come my way. But one thing that I know for sure is that I do want to have a family in the next few years. And so especially for my first pregnancy, I want to mentally and physically prep myself for that right now. So that way I am prepared for it as much as I can be for then. So those are some of my goals that I am going after this year. I've been through a decent amount of stuff over the past few years when it comes to my health, and I am so excited to be at the place that I am now um, when it comes to just my overall outlook on wellness. Another thing that I want to do in general for actually the people listening is to redefine the word wellness. Over the last few years, I feel like when I have thought wellness, I have thought detoxes, crazy routines and regimes and random tools that you use and things that don't really actually make sense and you don't know if they actually work and they're just confusing and I don't know but that's really not what it is the definition of wellness to me is simply to be the healthiest version of you from the inside out so I want to redefine that this year for myself and for these listeners all of you guys and for people that follow my social pages So let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to also follow the podcast or subscribe to it. I don't really know the lingo to it because I'm still very new to this. But something that I did figure out this past week is that rating the podcast actually helps me so much. It's crazy. So if you have two seconds of your time, I would literally, I will kiss you if you rate my podcast. If you have any topics in mind that you would like me to cover in future episodes, feel free to DM me on On any social pages. I'm at Emily Mazone on all social pages across the board, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I will put my social pages in the show notes as well, as well as the link to my website if you were interested in learning a little bit more about myself and what my online coaching business is all about. Thank you for tuning in to Girls Gone Healthy and I will catch you next week.